the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. For sports fans, for NFL draft fans, for Major League Baseball fans, for NBA postseason fans, there's no better place to get breaking news, real time commentary, and powerful stories than The Athletic. They're covering it all right now, all over the place. It's a big time sports month, and there's no better place to get all of the sports stories that matter the most. Visit theathletic.com slash SpotTrack, S-P-O-T-R-A-C, and get 40% off your first year subscription today. My name is Mike Gennetti. Happy Wednesday. We're just about a month, a week away from this NFL draft. The hot stove, the rumors, they're all here. Will they trade up? Will they trade back? Will they make the pick? Going to have like four minutes of fun with this with Scott Allen. <laughs> That's it. Because uh, I'm sure you're oversaturated as is with NFL draft talk. So Scott and I will talk a little bit about this, just some... Uh, some scenarios that could play out. And then Scott's got some interesting storylines, honestly, that I didn't, I wasn't aware of or didn't know the full extent of. So a little bit of golf, a little bit of NFT, a little crypto that's really relevant to some financial and some betting situations that could be coming forward in front of us. And then the back end, kind of our final football version of this, highest earning wide receivers with a single franchise. We'll go down the whole league. Interesting names, couple of old school names there. Uh, look, we did, we are not adjusting for inflation, so the fact that there's a couple of these names on this list should blow your mind. And some of these some of these names are you know direct evidence that some of these teams just haven't paid the dollars for offensive weapons. And I feel like some quarterbacks have been thrown by the wayside because of it. So. Give a listen to that. See if you can guess them before I get there. I did not do a great job with this one. This was tough, but uh, have some fun with that. Scott brings that to the back end of this show. All right. Welcome back to the show, Scott. It's uh, pre-draft week, officially. We're about seven and a half days away, so everything's fake. <laughs> the mock drafts are on high red alert. They all kind of look the same. Have you noticed that this year? Man, there's a lot of consistency. Yeah, so there is. Everybody's going to be wrong. There's no question about it. Um, I guess just sticking there for two seconds. Where, where for you is the most interesting pick as we stand right now? I mean, I guess the easy answer is Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you're pretty comfortable with how the first three are going to are going to shake out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am. I'm pretty. Are you sure in the Mac that... Jones or the Justin Fields conversation for number three? Uh I'll go Mac Jones. Okay. I, 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 I don't have a definitive reason why. I do. Uh, I do. The, I, I've been kind I of mean, following the mock drafts just based on who's posting them. And it is completely selfish and, and, and shallow and the wrong way to, way to do this. But the guys that I generally, or girls that I generally respect a little bit more in this stuff are, are saying Mac Jones. Versus maybe somebody, you know, who's maybe a little bit more clickbaity is throwing mm-hmm. out the right. Justin Fields, maybe even yep. a Trey Lance. Um, boy, wouldn't it be amazing if they just went completely off the board and went Kyle Pitts and said, we're going yeah. Garoppolo and a two tight end set and because our wide receivers aren't elite. So this is how we're going to operate. It's going to be the old New England style, right? <laughs> Which you could totally see Shanahan doing. It wouldn't be the dumbest thing in the world. No, would it not? Especially when we know quarterbacks are 
50-50 hits anyway. Scott, don't you think that Kyle Pitts is a better prospect than Mac Jones right now? Oh, yes. Would, wouldn't Definitely. everybody say that? Yes. Now, you wouldn't give up three first-round picks for Kyle Pitts, which is what the 49ers have done. Not but, unless you think he not unless you think he is going to be franchise changing at that right. tight end and catch passing position, then yeah, you could. I I thought of this the other day. You know, they have what is it, the Jimmy Johnson value system? Right. Do, do you do you know if that value system was f- fixed based on the new rookie scale back in 2011 when it came in or is this value system still based on back in the 90s in the early 2000s you know because some of these picks because of how the contract values are uh, put on these rookie scales i feel like the the value system of jimmy johnson should change or be altered based on you know you're not taking certain picks when you would necessarily have taken them 20 years ago. The answer is the, the answer is that that is still the model and the foundation. And, but there have been adjustments from some, some industries, some, some places have added kind of created their own, but from what I've, I've ascertained, Scott, that is still the model to use. That is still the, the foundation to start with because it makes the most sense. Pick eight is still pick eight, even though there's not the financial, ramifications that come with it, you know, that used to be there 12 years ago now. Um, I, Which you know, seems kind of, bo- that seems kind of bonkers to me because the, the money has never been a part of it ever. And right. And what's funny is that this year specifically, like, like, let me put this at you, Scott, you know, I, I've just updated a couple of Falcons contracts, a couple of one year deals that they've added this week. They have $2.6 million of top 51 cap space right now. The number four pick comes with a $5.6 million cap hit. So that's not going to work, right? <laughs> I mean, well, my point is they're going to have to think financially. Right, and that's why uh, I Atlanta may that. have to get out just to afford their draft pool. That's why I mentioned the, this value system yeah. because they're, they're, I feel like there's got to be an, an update to, to some respect with respect to the financial system because – you know, like we went through last week with that top 51 cap space, you know, there were a handful of teams that weren't going to be able to necessarily afford off the bat some of these these players because they were going to be in negative sure. space once they signed these guys. So, um, yeah, I, I think that Atlanta pick is interesting. I, I would love to see, in a way, San Francisco not take the quarterback and, and, and take a chance on this tight end just to – mix things up but it's so off the board know, but you know why, why not is. why not think that way right now everybody else seems to be consistently thinking one of the two quarterbacks that's fine but especially if you're I, not I don't know isn't jimmy garoppolo I, freaking salvageable here unless they don't think so but if they didn't if you don't think so then why is he still on your roster yeah, right release now? him get the 26 million in cap space and release him um they must think he has trade value after the draft and or there's other plans, one of the two. So and or you wait or you wait until September when someone blows out a knee in training too. camp and then trade him at that. That's you. You get yourself a third round pick. You're right, Scott. There's a lot of reasons to keep him, and I'd say the same with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is going to have to sit there and take this right now because he's been replaced once, and he may be replaced twice <laughs> next week. Um, 
And here's the comment I want to make. The Jets aren't getting enough flack. The fact that the Jets are 2-14 and and fired their defensive coordinator because he visibly tanked. Do you remember this, Greg Williams? Yes. Yes. It's atrocious. They should absolutely be sitting here waiting for Trevor Lawrence. Everything about the Jets was to be the worst team last year. And they, it was. And they screwed it up. And then they blamed one of their coaches, who they didn't like. He didn't want around anymore. He was the scapegoat for this. And it, they're not getting enough flack for this. I don't know if Zach Wilson is going to be anything. Anything. I'm, I'm hearing left. I'm hearing right. I'm hearing great. I'm hearing, well, 2019 was a disaster. You don't hear any of that with Trevor Lawrence. And we've known that for three years. How do you not, this year specifically, just mail it in in 2020? It was so easy with the pandemic. You had all these factors built into it, opt-outs and whatever. You, you could have just rolled through the motions, and they, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They're not getting enough flack, in my opinion. Jacksonville got handed that award. Just handed it to them. So, uh, you know, whatever happens to them, I, I hope whoever they draft can play because when New York teams are good, it's a better for the sport. But they should be sitting atop this draft right now with the slam dunk Trevor Lawrence pick, and they're not. And they're not. And, and I'm not an advocate for tanking, Scott, but when you're bad – and many of your players opted out or left or were traded. Jamal Adams, CJ Mosley, Le'Veon Bell. They, they did everything right except for win two games. And that's atrocious. You, you just can't do that in, in this league. We've talked about it so many times. The league allows you to decide where you want to draft. Yes, it does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's <laughs> yes. a clear path to exactly where you want to pick. And they screwed it up. There's nobody in that team that's, that is happy being number two right now. Zero people. I don't care who, what, I don't care what minutiae they're throwing at you about how great Zach Wilson might be. Trevor Lawrence is better. So that's a and, mess. And, and as we've talked about, whether they went, were getting Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson or somebody else, yeah. that, that offensive line and the weapons in, with the Jets right now isn't necessarily ready for that quarterback. So they're yeah. going to have to, uh, you know, sort of slow play the start of the season, even though they're going to be forced to start him to some respect. Um, you know, I don't necessarily know that it's going to be any different than what Sam Darnold has had for the last couple of years. I think it will be um, kind of visibly better. I do like a couple of the additions they made. Um, you know, the, the Becton, the left tackle they drafted, does seem to be a fit if he can stay healthy. He does seem to be the guy, but that's not enough. You need four or five, of course, across that line. And, uh, uh, you know, there's there's a step in the right direction for sure, but you, you had the opportunity. That's all I'm saying. Like, uh, you had the opportunity here to really set yourself up with what we think is going to be a no-brainer, and now there's question marks. Of course there's question marks. It's just how it works. Um, one, two, three quarterbacks would be the first time since 99, I think I saw. 99, Donovan McNabb. Um, could be four out of five. Could be five in the first 15. We've heard this before, and it generally never happens, but this could, could really be. One be. Four. Yeah. Could be one through four. Could be for one all through we four. Know. Yeah. So um, for me, the, you know, back to answer my own question, the draft does start at three for me because San Francisco is a bit of a red flag. They did give up a lot, so you're thinking quarterback, but it's which quarterback, and maybe it's not. 
maybe it's not at the end of the day. Maybe they they wanted to get themselves in position to take the best non-quarterback in this draft at number three, no matter what that is, whether that's, you know, a wide receiver, whether it's a, the tight end. It seems like a lot to give up to go up there to get that guy, but look, I, they're defensively kind of ready to go, and there's other options right now. So good for them. I, I, I like the early move. I like the uh, the aggressiveness. That's the kind of organization they've been for the last five years or so, and it's been successful for the most part. All right, enough draft talk. Uh, I think you've got some, I don't know, across the sports world tidbits to throw at us. What do you got? Yeah, so I've got, I'll let you take a pick. We've got some golf talk, we've got some betting talk, and we've got some NFL wide receiver franchise. Mm, yeah, let's save that for last. What do you got golf-wise okay. here? What's going on? Yeah, so I, I ran across this article of Golf Week yesterday, and I, it caught my eye. And so I, I don't know if you've seen anything about this or not, but the PGA is creating a $40 million bonus pool for stars in the golf world uh, that are players. To, I did see this, Scott. Do you to, have to, to, sorry, drive, yeah, to drive fan and sponsor engagement? So they're, they're targeting guys like DeChambeau, Woods, Ricky Fowler, those guys that and it's all and it's metric based. But there's only, I believe, eight eight players that can receive, Oh, sorry, 10 players that can receive this. And the most valuable, uh, would receive $8 million out of this $40 million pool. And this is annual. Yeah. From what it sounds like, it's going to be an annual thing. Okay. So I'm glad you brought this up, Scott, because I know this is also something you follow and we've had some difficulties with it because of this exact situation. This to me sounds NASCAR ish. This is exactly why NASCAR stopped posting their earnings per race because they turned, they basically changed to a model that rewarded extra to the big superstars, to the big teams, to the teams that drew the most popularity, that brought in the biggest corporate sponsorships. And they don't really want to release, similar to why I think women's soccer doesn't want to release because there's probably a couple players making 15000 versus an Alex Morgan who's pulling in U.S. and international money and maybe you know well over 500000 When you have that kind of variance, that's probably not something you want promoted too much. My guess is that's where NASCAR is to some degree right now, that there's, that there's a big gap between the A's and the B's and the you know X's and the Y's. That's essentially what PGA is doing here now. And I've seen some backlash to it. I don't know the, nut, the nuts and bolts too much. Um, is this going to so be like an end on, of the year thing, Scott? Like basically, is it kind of yes. like commission? Like how, it, how much popularity you kind of earned for the sport based on commercials and, and whatever else you do in sponsorships, you will have the, the availability to get this kind of bonus? Yeah, so they're calling it an impact score and it has... Wow. Aspects based on uh, six metrics. So it's their position on their season-ending FedEx Cup points list based on their popularity in Google search. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that can be fixed. (laughs) Their Nielsen brand exposure rating, their Q rating, which measures the familiarity and appeal of a player's brand, their MVP index rating, which collaborates the uh, sorry cal- calibrates the value of engagement of a player drives across social media yeah. and digital channels, and then their 
meltwater mentions or <laughs> which they call the frequency with which the player generates coverage across the range of media platforms. And again, this is from uh, Golf Week through USA Today that I've ran across this article. Okay. So they're they're running six metrics to create this impact score, and whoever's number one is going to receive eight million, and then it's going to go to the divvy up. However, they are divvying this up from there. Here's my initial response to this: You can't do this, but also tell Bryson DeChambeau that he can't hit the ball over the other hole. Do you understand right. what I'm saying? Yes. You can't reward somebody for trying to be different, for trying to be popular, for trying to generate interest, maybe in a, in a in an oddball kind of way, or think differently, or think analytically, or go out of the box, and then pay somebody eight million dollars at the end of the year for generating exactly that. You know, they've got to come together on this because this is gonna this is gonna force guys like Deshambo to to do this kind of stuff. They're going to be thinking about, hey, what are the fans going to like the most here? You know, I'm ready yes. for, I'm ready to go play golf. I'm not worried about that side of it. But what can I do? What can I wear? What can I, you know, what can I say in my pregame, in my pregame, or what, whatever it's what going to be? Yeah. What can I tweet? What can I TikTok? What can I Instagram? Yeah. Everything. What, what crazy caddy can I bring? Right. Lee Westwood generated tons of tons of interest by bringing his girlfriend out for that. Uh, I mean, that kind of stuff is going to do it, and that's going to do it. And you're right. It's I, I just I think it's hypocritical to some degree. They're trying to yeah. hold these traditions and standards up, but then all, all of a sudden they drop this bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and it caught my eye For, when I saw 40 million. I was like, whoa, what is this? And then I clicked and started reading. And, I mean, you know, it's interesting. It, for, for all intents and purposes, you've got to think Tiger's probably going to be on there from the. Can he play, know, though? Brand, yeah, but from the branding part, it may override depending on how they're their scale is running the that branding and social media and whatever else you know he does to promote himself may outweigh the FedEx Cup points yeah. you know if people you know he he's he was in the news for the car accident everyone is going to google search Tiger Woods car crash so does that impact? Oh, that's a terrible story? example. <laughs> it is a terrible example, but it's it's going to shift because of that people are going to be Google searching. So if that is an entity well, of this metric. Let me give you a different take because I, I maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's like the Mike Trout situation. Maybe it's we've got these great golfers that are, you know, every week they're in the top 10. They're, they're playing their butts off. Um, they're driving some storylines, but we're just not seeing enough off it, right? It kind of fizzles away Monday morning, and we have to generate it and start it all back over again the next week. How can we get these guys more engaged on a weekly basis? For instance, Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson is maybe the best golfer in the world right now, and he has been maybe for three years. And he couldn't care less <laughs> about what anybody thinks around him. He loves he loved not having fans on the on the golf course. He hates doing post post match interviews. He's just a hands off dude. I don't think he's a jerk. I think he's just in this for golf, and that's it. But maybe this kind of thing tickles his fancy a little bit. You know, the PGA is saying, "Hey, well, we're going to dangle this carrot out here, and maybe it'll get something like him to be a little bit more charismatic once or twice a year." That's it. 
right? And, and that's the Mike Trout situation, right? Baseball has basically come out and say, we need this guy in front of a camera more. We need this guy getting on, on Twitter more, um, you, you know, talking to kids more on video, whatever it is. You know how this stuff works. Yes. It, it seems like maybe that's the, that's the angle here, that Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, uh, Justin Thomas, maybe, maybe he's a bad example. He seems pretty charismatic. But maybe, maybe it's not the DeChambos, but it's the anti-DeChambos who are great players but just want to play golf and go home. And the well, PGA is begging them to be a little bit more than that. And I've heard from listening to some golf things, uh, there are certain players that have great personalities that you wouldn't really know of. I can't yeah. think of any off the top of my head, but maybe for those guys that have those great personalities, this is a way for them to get out there a little bit more as a face of golf that you know it may help drive people to want to come watch golf, but also incentivize those guys to push themselves a little more sure. in the media realm. I dig it. Uh, I think it's a yeah. good attempt. I don't know. You know, it's certainly better than the Super League. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right? In I, terms of ideas we've had this week, it's certainly better than oh, that one. Yeah. And I was totally uh, off base on that one. So <laughs> I'll, I'll take a X on that one. <laughs> I'm not even going to take the win. Because <laughs> it happened so fast. Oh we God, we basically was... stopped recording and turned her down and eight teams were already out of it. So I, uh, right. I'm i happy to see that, by the way. I think the European fans stood up, literally rose up, literally well, covered Chelsea's tour bus and wouldn't let them get off the bus <laughs> before yesterday's that, match. So it's uh, they were loud and clear that this is not what they want with their sport. And you make a great point there to transition it shows how powerful fans can actually be social media. Yeah, it is. Scott. That That's what PGA is trying to get here. They want some yep. uproar. They want some, some virability. This stuff is real. This stuff is real. There are millions of people right now making money sitting around on Instagram. It's not a joke. It's a real thing. <laughs> okay. And you can laugh at it and hate it, but it's real. And for sure, these these leagues and these players and these teams want to benefit from that and have to, to a lot of degrees. But this is now an, an in-your-face version of it from the PGA saying we want in and we're going to identify 10, 10 of our you know top golfers and we're going to push them with $8 million to say, please, just start doing this stuff. You know, trick shots on, on Instagram, whatever the hell it's going to take, you know, just start showing a little bit of charisma and we're all going to be better for it in the end of it. And they're right, by the way, that's, that is a good approach to take. It definitely uh, is. All right. What else you got? Yeah. Let's transition to some, uh, betting NFT, uh, information here. So I ran across this article last night as I was scrolling and it caught my eye. It, it, it's titled people are breeding digital horses and spending real money. I saw and this this. And this is from Sportico. So I actually I read into it and I started scrolling through Twitter through some mentions and seeing what this was all about. And the more I dove into it, the more I realized how ingenious yeah. this whole product is going to be. And they're just getting started. So how they reference this is it's the old Tamagotchi meets totally. Churchill Downs totally. Derby. And Basically, you're gonna have to explain for the kids that listen to this show what the hell those were, Scott. <laughs> so you you create your own digital like uh, Furby type. You got like a little handheld, yeah, video game like literally the size of your palm, and you had you to basically like harvest <laughs> and grow a pet 
like a weird pet and you had to feed it yes. and there was like an alarm to tell you how to go to bed and it was the dumbest thing yep. ever but now that kind of thing has been converted into digital crypto that could generate yes. billions yeah and, and you you buy a horse just like top shot you know you you're you put in it to buy a horse here and you know they're going for like thirty dollars up to whatever i i went in and i created an account to see how this was all working Everything is sold out right now. You have to join Discord to know when the next drop is going to be, and then apparently they go really quick. So um, you can you can buy a horse. Once you buy the horse, you're, you you set it up to be trained, feed it, do everything, and then you can actually physically race these horses. You pay a you pay a fee. You pay like I don't even know three dollars, four dollars. You put it in, and then you win money if your horse wins. And I was clicking around there. There are guys on there that already have horses running that have won $4,000 total from the start of this. I, this all started in uh, 2019, but people are getting rare horses that are worth $15,000. A horse on this system sold for $125,000. And so people are all in on this, but here's where it can go towards, you know, th these horses are not looking like actual horses. They're digital horses. It's on some distant planet and a thousand years from now is what they've, they've made this up to be. But right now you just breed your horse, you buy it, buy the horse, you breed it, you, you, you can race it. You can win money. They're looking to get into the betting part yeah. where, you and I, if we don't even have horses, we can go in and bet on a horse that we think is actually going to win. Right. So they're they're creating an entire digital. Uh, so do these horses have attributes? Like, how would you even know which horse is better than yes. another horse? They have different attributes, blood type, <laughs> oh uh, all these different things. So as I was clicking around, there's a there's an ultra rare horse that if you get. You know, it has this certain blood type and certain stats and it's, you know, they tell you if it's a male or a female horse and you can race them in different lengths. So it could be 1600 meters versus 2200 meters. Is there weather? Um, I do not think there is weather, Okay. but anyone can go and watch the horse. Like I went in and I clicked on different horse races and you can click on a horse to see their stats, how many times they've won how many times they've placed, their their win percentage, their overall record. You can see all these different things, and you can click on them while they're racing, and then it goes through, and you watch the horse. It, it, it reminds me of this old, when I was you know in middle school, this old horse racing game that I had on my old Dell that you could pick a horse and ra simulate the, the race to happen. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's happening in 3D, real time, and they have... Oh, I mean, all you have to do when you go to this site, it's uh, called zend.run, z-e-d.run. You put in your email, it sends you an email, you click the link and it logs you in and, and that's how you have your account. You don't even have the password right now or anything, it just sends your email. And you go in, you can click around, you can click and see, they, they have horse races running forever. But the interesting thing is, they are monetizing these horses with the NFT model, the blockchain, so that 
they know it is the unique horse. So when you sell it, it goes to that new owner and it transfers and they have that digital trail to know who has owned what. But that betting aspect is really what caught my eye because now you're competing with the fan duels, the DraftKings when they do open that up because now you don't have to wait till Kentucky Derby. You don't have to wait until the weekend. You, there are horse races running every minute to two minutes oh right now. God. So it, it is going to be a completely new entity. And I, I can see this horse racing is just the start of it. Yeah. Yeah. No question about it. I mean, I, just how stable, you know, like I, I guess the crypto part of the blockchain part of it makes it about as safe and secure as possible. Right. You know, from being hacked or being manipulated or uh, I guess that's why you're doing this here and not in, you know, PlayStation, (laughs) right? Because you you want the reliability and and the singularity of what the crypto and the blockchains can offer you. So it's what's fascinating to me, Scott, is this thing's been around since 2019. That's the most fascinating part of this is that there are a group of people that have been doing this kind of thing, probably for fun. Um just to kind of and, use the technology and make maybe maybe you know having back night poker games in, in this style with a couple of friends and now everything starts to come to the surface and of course this is going to do well of course yeah and i i just went into it right now just to see so there's racing events they they name all of their events as if they were you know actual derbies and that kind of stuff they have a digital location of where this derby is happening i like i'm looking at the florida derby that's going to happen in uh detroit michigan <laughs> the, the entry fee is four dollars and 98 cents but uh, the prize pool is 71 dollars and 15 cents so there's all these off amounts wow and it has different classes so it's it's really well thought out and then like i said you can click when the it tells you when a race is live. You click on it. You can go in. You can watch it. You can see all the stats. Hmm. And at the end, it gives you the outlook. And I, it, it's it's very interesting. Interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing hmm. where this where this goes because it's it, like you said, since it's been around 2019, it it, it must be secretly legit because it hasn't yeah. just faded away. Well, yet. it's also had time to evolve. You know, it's been kind of getting built behind the behind the scenes. And now that, like I said, things have come to the forefront, there's probably a lot more eyeballs working on it and using it. So it's going to get even better and better and maybe even become affiliated with either the horse betting system itself or you're right. The DraftKings and the FanDuel's, you know, are we going to have coverage of these horses? You know, power rankings. Are we going to have yes? Is ESPN going to have power rankings of crypto at at some point? It's going to happen, right? Well, no. Yeah, but. You know, I, I mentioned horse racing is just the start. Imagine, yeah. you know, yes, there's eye racing, but imagine if you were able to buy a car and you go into this and yeah. you're racing an actual NASCAR track or an indie track or w- whatever it may be. You know, you're going to have not only just the horse and fa- horse racing fans, you're going to get the, the, the kids that are already playing those digital racing games on their iPads or PlayStation to actually monetize and actually race and win money in a pool and then people can bet on your car if your car i mean it, the possibilities are endless 
Pretty neat stuff. Different too. Appreciate you bringing that to our, to our forefront. All right. It's speaking of betting and gambling and uh, building your own situation. It's dynasty fantasy football time. I've started. I'm kind of picking up the load for the spot track team here. And Scott hasn't even considered it yet. <laughs> um, look, there's lots to deal with. And obviously the draft in a week, that's the, uh, the, that's the Mecca of dynasty football time. It's when the, the rookies get involved you got to figure out who, who do you need on your roster, who are you keeping on your roster, who's tradable, who's up for a contract extension in the next couple of weeks. If you're sitting with Josh Allen on your roster, he is not going to be cheap for long here. It's not. He's going to go from about $8 million to about oh, $35 million, $36 million, $42 million, Who knows? But it's going to get expensive fast. So DynastyOwner.com uses these real NFL contracts, the average salaries. And when they update, you will have to update your roster accordingly. Visit DynastyOwner.com today. Get started. Win cash prizes or have fun with your friends for free. DynastyOwner.com. Scott, let's talk some wide receivers. Yeah, let's do it. We're going to go a different route this time. I think I'm just going to go A to Z. Oh, boy. Through the, through the teams. So we're just going to start right off so the bat. So the highest easy. earning wide receiver in franchise history, money, money earned with that team only, Wide receivers, yes. and we're starting with Arizona. We are, and it should be easy. Jimmy. All right, Larry Fitz. Yes, <laughs> Let's get Larry. that one out of the way. <laughs> 180.7 million dollars. Is he first I, all time, Scott? He is. Uh, yes, he should be. He's at least first of all these franchises here. Yeah, um, still TBD if he's coming back or not. He certainly doesn't have to, but that's a team that's pushing to contend. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. Atlanta, what do you think? Yeah, it's got to be Julio, right? It is Julio. Yeah. Yeah, $125.3 million, obviously, all with Atlanta here. Okay. And you're right. Larry Fitz is number one overall for wide receivers. Julio is number two. They've both been with the same team the whole time. Wow. It's a big, it's a big drop-off, 180 down to 125. So This could very um, well be Julio's last year in Atlanta. Um, yeah. you know, if it's Matt Ryan's last year, what does that mean for the Falcons as a whole next year? So, um, you know, get your, uh, get your looks at the Matt Ryan, Julio Jones situation. Cause it may be dwindling here, Baltimore. This is impossible. It, it is. And it's low. Oh <laughs> my goodness. This seems impossible. Oh, Steve Smith was Carolina for all these years. I have no idea. Hit me. Derek Mason. <laughs> oh, my goodness <laughs> gracious. What's the number? 23.5 million. Wow. Well, I think a lot of Baltimore fans are hoping that somebody on a rookie contract surpasses that in four years, that who's yeah. taken first round this year. And uh, Anquan Bolden was second at 22. Okay. So that would have been a smart guess. All right. Uh, the Buffalo Bills. Oh, my God. So the Bills are Jim Kelly. Thurman Thomas was second in running backs. There's there's no way. It's got to be a newer. Is it Eric Moulds? It is Eric Moulds. All right. Nice guess. All right. Nice guess. <laughs> 35.6 million for Eric Moulds with the Buffalo Bills. And right behind him was Lee Evans at 35.1. So Stefan Diggs should pass him in about two years. Two years. It won't be next year. I think it'll be about two years. Because he'll yeah. play out this year and then probably extend if he's still in good graces. And then that'll be the big signing bonus that puts him over the top. So not to, it doesn't take too long to uh, be the first yeah. of anything in Buffalo. 
Stefan is um, at 29.9 right now. So, okay. yeah, about. Carolina. Right, Carolina. Steve Smith, did I did I nail it? You nailed that. Yeah. 70 and a half million. Okay. Chicago. Oh, my goodness. I don't have this one. He is there right now. No. Allen Robinson? Yes. <laughs> Wait, is that including his franchise tag? Uh, this is through 2020. So this is through last year. So he's got another $18 million to come this year. So he is easily the number one wide receiver earning in Chicago. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Brandon Marshall's second at $33.8 million. Okay. Cincinnati's obviously AJ Green. Yes, 108 million for AJ Green. Cleveland. Cleveland. This is tough, right? He's there right now. Is it Landry? It is Landry. Okay, because it's not Beckham. Okay. No. Nope. Landry at 47 million. So how many actives is that? Is that two actives? No, Allen Robinson. That's four actives. AJ Green and Jarvis Landry. Okay, go ahead. Dallas. Mm, I, I guess I got to say Cooper. Nope. No? Mm-mm. Um, it's not Irvin. Irvin didn't make that kind of money. No. Okay. Is it the, what era? Is it the current era? Is it the Tony Romo era? Romo-ish era, yes. Romo-ish era. Whoa, who am I missing? No more hints? Um, he was just on Baltimore. Wait. Did he play for Baltimore last season? All right, that that's a good clue. Des Bryant. What what's the situation then? Des Bryant and Mari Cooper has got to be close at this point. Uh, it's Des Bryant, then Miles Austin. Wow. Terrell Owens, Amari Cooper. Wow. How yeah. much did Des Bryant make with the Cowboys? Fifty six point eight million. Holy cow. Amari Cooper with this twenty twenty one season, Amari Cooper will be up to second at fifty four. So he's got a chance. Wow. Okay. All right. Denver. Yeesh. This didn't get any easier. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. I, I think you, you'll get it. Peyton Manning. Um, he was one of his go-to wide receivers. I was gonna say Brandon Marshall, but that's not right, right? No. Oh, uh, Brandon. Emmanuel, hit me. Emmanuel Sanders was second. This is Demarius Thomas. Okay. That was a bad miss on my part. Lion- 65, 65.6 million. Oof, that's a good coin. Yeah. Is the Lions still Kelvin? Yes. Kelvin Johnson. 113.8 million for Very Kelvin. Nice. Um, I, I'm pretty – let me check uh, – how much of a drop off that is in Detroit. Yeah, it's a massive drop off down to Marvin Jones at 40 million. 
So, uh, Green Bay. Oh, geez. I'm inclined to say Jordy Nelson, but he's second. I mean, Devante didn't make a ton of money on this contract. Is it him? It is him. Oh, he's going to get so much more this year. <laughs> he's going to get a gigantic extension. He's at 49. Jordy Nelson was at 45.9. All right, so that was close. Yeah. Houston. <laughs> How long ago? Um, before Deshaun. Oh, it's Hopkins, right? Nope. What? Hopkins is second. Hopkins is second. This this wide receiver did speak up though in this offseason. Is he active? The last time he played was 2015 with the Colts. Andre Johnson. Yes. Andre Johnson made ninety-five and a half million dollars with Houston, DeAndre Hopkins was second at 56.6. So he made some good coin with the Houston Texans there. Okay. Indianapolis. I mean, Reggie Wayne didn't make a ton. Is he still up there? He is. He's third, though. Third, yeah. Marvin probably second? Nope. Marvin's first? Marvin is first. And then T.Y. is second? Okay. T.Y. is $300,000 behind Marvin Harrison. So after this year. Okay. After this year, you should surpass him. Okay. Here comes an impossible one. <laughs> Jacksonville. How long ago are we talking here? Uh, recent. It's a name that's re- more recent. But it's very low. Jaguars do not pay wide receivers. I'll tell you that much. Is it the lowest in the league? As a as a franchise earner, yes. I mean, he El- is he is an active player on Miami right now. Okay. Boy, that should have made it easier. I don't have it. Marquise Lee. He is second. Marquise this is Lee made a ton of money. And- Alan Hearns. Oh my gosh. It's unbelievable that it's not Alan Robinson. It's unbelievable they let him walk. Go ahead. $17 million. Mishka. Yeah. Kansas City. This one seems like it might be a long time ago, no? Or is it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is? Yeah. Is it a ton of long time ago? Because I'm I got a name in my head here. Mm. Well, last time he played with Kansas City was 2014. So okay. I guess it's I think relatively... I think I'm right then. Dwayne Bow. Yes, Dwayne Bow. Yeah. Nice, nice one. I would have never gotten that one. Okay. So this... Sammy Watkins is actually second at 42.8. <laughs> Where are we at? Raiders? Uh, Chargers. Hmm. It's got to be Keenan Allen. It is Keenan Allen. Okay. It's 61. Let's go Rams. 
Is it Brandon Cooks? No, and this is an older one. Isaac? Isaac Bruce. Yes. Wow. Yes, 44.9. Brandon Cooks had to be close. He was third. Who's second? Tory Holt. Okay, that would have been my second guess. Nice. Raiders? Raiders. Hmm. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I will say Tim Brown was second. <laughs> no kidding. That's forever ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amari Cooper is third. Oh my god. I love this franchise so much. Top of last, it, by the way. The, the top is a hyphenated name. Oh, uh Hayward Bay. Yes, there is Hayward Bay. $30 million. That is a hell of a trivia question right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go Miami Dolphins. Is your brain hurting yet? No, it's just good. It's a good exercise. Um, I'm sure I'm getting laughed at by fans across the world right now. This is a, uh active player. So it's Parker? It is Parker. Okay, Devontae Parker. Thir- $31.9 million. Minnesota. I would say Diggs, but no. It is not. This is also an active player. That'll help. Active on the Vikings? Yes. So it's it's Thielen? Thielen, yep. Okay. And then and then Randy Moss is second and Chris Carter is third. Yeah, that's about right to me. Okay. Yeah. New England. <sighs> oh no. I mean, Edelman made 44. I just did his career earnings. Is that the top? It is the top. Oh, my gosh. 20 years of Tom Brady, and the top is 44 million. Yeah, Wes Welker was second at a drop-off of 27.6 million, and then Randy Moss was third. They they had a lot of one-and-dones. That's why. There's a lot of one-and-dones. Saints. God, is anybody's answer here Brandon Cooks? It's not, right? He's not not the answer. Is this Colston? It is Colston. Colston and, and Michael Thomas right there? Michael Thomas is right behind him at 36.7. All right. I'm starting to heat up a little bit here. Oh, we're, we're in a bad spot now, though. Giants. Can't be Beckham. It can't be. It is. 20, that's got to be like 31 million. 31.8 million. Wow, that was a hell of a guess. Um, yeah. Victor Cruz was second. Nice. That's a good one. Okay. Jets. I'm not getting this. Your your New York Jets? No, just Brandon Marshall. Nope, I have no idea. Quincy Anua, the dude who played like eight games. Yeah, twenty five point two million. On. Yeah, Jamison Crowder will surpass him next year. This twenty twenty one season. That is unbelievable. Yeah, that Santa, is that is proof uh, in the pudding that they just don't have the weapons right there. Sent, yeah, and, and the next ones behind him are Santonio Holmes, forever ago, yeah. $25 million. Eric Decker, 21 and a half. Wow. All right. Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Brown. Yeah, Santonio. By, by, by a long shot. Sure. Yeah. Not nobody even. else got extended. Honestly, Six, nobody. 69.9 for Antonio Brown, and then the next one was Jericho Cotri at 14 yeah. and a half. Philly. All right, Seattle. Wait, we forgot Philly. Oh, Philly, sorry. 
Ooh. Wait, is it possible that it's Elshon? It is. Yeah. Yep. 47.1 million for Alshon. And then number two, Deshaun Jackson, okay. 39. That makes sense to me. Where are we at? San Fran now? Seattle. Boy, is it something stupid like Percy Harvin? No. So it's uh Harvin Harvin's fourth. Oh, it's uh Ah, oh, the guy who had to retire because of injuries, right? Man, I forget so quickly. Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. Yeah. Four, 40 million. Ty, Tyler Lockett is at second right now at 29.3, but with that extension, he will surpass Doug Baldwin with the 21 season. Fascinating. 49ers, huh? 49ers. Do it, just just guess it. Oh, it's T.O. No. What? T.O. is third. T.O. is third. I thought you were going to guess the obvious. There's an obvious? Jerry Rice? Jerry Rice. Oh, my gracious. Thir- $35.2 million. Followed by Michael Crabtree at 32.5 and then Terrell Owens. Crabtree is somebody I should have guessed. Holy cow. Jerry Rice still holding strong. Okay. All right. All right. Tampa Bay. Mike Evans, I would have to guess. Yeah, it is Mike Evans. Yeah. And behind him was Vincent Jackson. Yeah. Sure. Tennessee. Tennessee. Active? Active, but not on Ugh. Tennessee. Wait, so it's Corey Davis? <laughs> it is Corey <laughs> Davis. $25.4 million. Man, these first-round picks are dominating. All right, the Washington football team. Do I have a chance at this one? He signed as a free agent, if I remember. Pierre Garçon. Yes. Nice. Pierre Garçon. 42.4, followed by Deshaun Jackson, 24. Deshaun's on there a couple times for sure. All yeah. right, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I th- and honestly, I thought it was going to be 75% of players still currently on their team, and it just wasn't. No, but there's more active Definitely. players than there has been for y- uh, running back and quarterback. Definitely. And um, th- there, there will be quite a few changes with the 21 season. So like we like we talked about, you're gonna have Well, Jerry Rice two- isn't getting passed. Is Not he the right oldest now. player on this list? Uh yeah. Isaac Bruce, whatever. Rice is probably done before Bruce, right? I'm gonna look Bruce it up. That's worth with, noting. Well, he played with Kurt Warner still, right? That was that era. Yeah, they were the nineties, right? Well, Rice played late with the Raiders, so Isaac Bruce played until two thousand nine. Jerry Rice played until 2005. Okay. So it's Rice. Jerry Rice is still on this list. Incredible. Incredible. That is. But he didn't yeah. stay. And that's one of the reasons he's on this list. He bounced around and got some paychecks. You know what I mean? It, uh, it's, it pays to do that every now and then. It really does. Even in other well, jobs. And back then, well, even back then, you know, being when he was on San Francisco, they didn't pay like he did now. Imagine if he was playing right now. No, that of course. Level. The inflation, he'd be up there with Calvin Johnson for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, you know, I, 
I'm going to mention this. I, I was listening to, because we're talking about wide receivers, and you brought his name up, Brandon Marshall, a couple times. For anyone that's interested in, in listening, Dell Jr. Download, you have Brandon Marshall on there talking about preparation as a, a football player and then some mental health stuff. Really good listen hmm. from the wide receiver, uh, former wide receiver there, and um, talks about why he has not put in his retirement papers yet. Um, but really good listen if you want to just skip to his part and definitely recommend it. Okay. It's a good wide receiver draft too. So it's a good time to do this because I think uh, three to four in the first round and then maybe late second round, a whole bunch more. So a couple of these teams are going to get better and younger and cheaper here across the board here. And it's, it's neat, much, much needed if you're Philly or Miami or one of those teams at the top of the list for sure. So uh, good stuff, Scott. Another good exercise. We'll probably have more of these down the road, maybe different sports. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Uh, baseball, starting pitchers, things like that. It might be fun to do that. Short stops. Speaking of which, <laughs> I've got a, yeah. Oh, speaking of which, I'm uh, about 75% of the way through a big time Major League Baseball contract extension piece that should post on spotrack.com in the coming days. It's probably gonna have about 30 to 35 players when I'm all done with it because it's just a, it's kind of a loaded class. And I hate that baseball is about to shut down. I hate it. I, they have to figure this out because there is so much good young talent and honestly, so much money that could be tossed around in the next 12 months. And I'm not being selfish that that's good for us. That's good for the sport. You know what I mean? Like Tatis's contract that lasted like two weeks of media coverage. You know what I mean? It's it's just good for the sport to have these kind of things being tossed around. So we, we need it. We need this thing to, to maintain somehow. Is there any chance that the report of them starting negotiation yeah. in the last couple of days is a good sign or is, is it's, it just it's a sign, early? Scott? It's a sign. <laughs> it is a it is a sentence in a news article. That is what it is. I, I can't give it any credit until we have actual progress but i'm just telling you there's so many reasons you know the angels are good the red Sox are back you know the blue jays there's an international part of this now there's so many reasons for this game to, to just continue to continue on and just let itself flourish a little bit more and i hate that there's a chance that it might shut all down so look for that extension piece coming up soon on spottrick.com and look for plenty of coverage about all these sports including the nfl draft on the athletic visit the athletic.com slash get yourself 40 percent off your first year subscription and of course, dynastyowner.com. It's time to either register or log back in and start managing your roster for 2021. Fantasy football is here. Real NFL contracts at dynastyowner.com. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Chinetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Track Podcast. 